0: Welcome to the Architect of Change show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie.
1: Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. My motivational quote today is by Phillips Brooks, and it says, Think of life as a voyage. The truest liver of the truest life is like a voyage, a voyager who, as he sails, is not indifferent to all of the beauty of the sea around him. We all work so hard during the work day and, and then even at night after we get home. We have chores to get done, food shopping, laundry, dinner to cook, and of course the night routine, whether it be for ourselves or our kids. Yet the hard work should turn into some fun too, shouldn't it? After all, we get a few weeks of vacation off every year, but is that enough time off? If it is, how do we extend that feeling of being free while on vacation and be able to bring that same feeling back with us to work? Can we bring that sense of excitement and joy back to work on that fateful Monday after a week or two off? How many of you guys say, oh, my vacation was just too short, doesn't even feel like I left work? I wish I could take a month off. Then I would be refreshed and energized. Or maybe you say, I can't wait for vacation, but it's never long enough. Do any of these st- statements sound familiar to you? And then I guess, what are we doing wrong? What are we missing? Is there a better way to take the vacation feeling of joy and excitement and actually bring it back to work? Well, the answer to all these questions will be addressed today in our next half, ba- half hour. My guest, Divya Parekh is here to help us slow down, breathe, and discover some strategies to help us find joy while on vacation and how to bring it back to the workplace. Let me tell you a little bit about Divya. She's an in-demand motivational speaker, a leading business relationship and leadership coach, and an Amazon bestselling author. Her newest uh, bestseller is called The Entrepreneur's Garden, Nine Essential Relationships to Cultivate a Widely Successful Business. This book serves as the foundation for many leaders in business and other organizations. She's also co-authored the international best-selling book, The Voyage to Your Vision. Divya has guided many entrepreneurs, CEOs, and management personnel into realizing their goals and reaching their next level of accomplishment. She accomplishes this through individual coaching sessions, leadership talks, and workshops. So, Divya, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
2: Thank you, Connie, for having me on your show, and I'm delighted to have this conversation and serve your audiences with yes. yeah, what I, I, I have I pro- to
1: share. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a part of us, right, Divya? We have to share this information. With, at my first question is, what do you think causes exhaustion in, and I'm going to say entrepreneurs, but I think everybody that's, that's working.
2: Great question. Uh, Could you reframe that question for me? Sure. In terms of the workplace, yeah.
1: Sure. You
2: know, we all all take that
1: vacation, like my intro, and we we love it, right? We're relaxed, we enjoy sunsets, we slow down, we even probably get up earlier most of the time because you're looking forward to the wonderful day that we have planned ahead of us, you know, depending on where your vacation is. Then we get back to work, and it, it just feels like the exhaustion of The stresses of life and work burden us so that we lose that relaxation that we had maybe just yesterday, because today is Monday of the work week. Um, How do we? How do we? Or what causes the exhaustion? Or how do we keep
2: that lightness? um, You know, once Mm. we get back to work. Great question. So let's look at let's compare the situations. When we are on vacation, you are there. When you're at work, you are there. So one commonality between the two things is you're always there, regardless wherever you are. Now, when you're on vacation, you are with people that you love to spend time with. When you're at work, you may be with people that you love to work with or you may have to spend some time with people that you don't like to spend time with. And at the same token, if you go back to vacation, Even if you're with your friends and family, it's not always a piece of cake because there are conflicts, and if there are no conflicts, let's say there are differences of opinions, regardless whether you're with your friends, with your family, or with your colleagues. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but I'm saying that that is part of life, and it does happen. Would you agree, Connie?
1: Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's no... Um, easy path where, you know, everybody's in harmony because everybody has a different perspective and different filters of situations. And when you're on vacation, who wants to go touring and who wants to go swimming and who wants to go hiking? So there's always a difference of opinion. Agreed.
2: Mm-hmm. And the reason uh, I'm going this route is that uh, I just want to ask your permission if you're ready to play and just have a different type of conversation where we look at the situation and compare. Sure. Are you game? Sure. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. So now let's look at another factor. What we are doing on vacation is we are doing what we like most of the time, unless, as you said, you know there may be difference of opinion, but it's something that we really enjoy. Would you agree? Absolutely. Now, if you're at work and you're doing something that you enjoy, then that joy will be there. So the key is, like as we compare the situations, three things pop up. One is you are going to be you everywhere you go. Now, the two differences are that when you are on vacation, the mask comes off. You are you. You are your authentic you. And when you're at work, You may be thinking, what is my behavior going to make others think? And then you're worried about the perception of others, how they're going to see you. Are you going to come across the way they want to see you? Are you getting into work to please other people? or Are are you going to be your authentic you? So that's one of the first primary differences, because what happens is that when you're adapting, and adapting is good, adapting is the way of survival in nature also, but if you're adapting against your true nature, if you're adapting to please other people, if you're adapting, where you're not being true to yourself, where you're going so far away from your values, that what it does is it saps your energy. It goes deep into your brain. It goes deep into your heart and your mind and your soul and spirit. And the energy that you have is, if you're putting the energy into putting on that mask or if we don't even see a mask, if you're putting into the energy where you're trying to create this persona that other people want to see, and you're changing that when you're going from meeting to meeting or talking with different colleagues, and it is so exhausting. You don't even realize it that you're doing it, and by the end of the day, it's Monday, even though you've taken seven days' vacation, you're tired. You're so tired. It's Absolutely. An exhaustion and mental stress. Yeah,
1: and it's true we we really do have to be us no matter no matter where you are. Um, I was training with a new client this week, and um, of course we were having a lot of fun, you know, uh, joking with each other, you know, et cetera. And I love the DISC model. I know you know that communication model as well. And I was teaching them, and guys, if you want more information, you can email me um, and, and I could share it with you. But um, the DISC is basically a behavioral model that's well over 100 years old. And when you start to... Not understand who you are, or you don't understand who you're speaking to, the communication process can become really debilitating. And just like Vivian just said, it, you know, borderline exhausting. So um, during this week, we were—I we were, was going over the disc, and of course, I was mocking and t- not mocking, but teasing each of the styles. You know, who was being shy, and I'm like, ah, park your s, let's go, pull out your d, and you know, we were, we were laughing about it and. I'm me. So whether I'm home, I'm at work, I'm, I'm with you Divya, I'm with girlfriends, I'm with my husband, I'm goofy because that's who I am. And I bring that to the training and it allowed for so much fun that at the end, everybody was coming up to me and saying, not only did I learn so much, I haven't laughed as hard in, in a really long time. So we think we have to be serious and, and and intelligent and speak intelligently instead of just letting yourself come out and sharing what you know to be important or right, whatever the topic is in meetings, et cetera. So I agree. I think when we put on these personas or what we think other people want from us, it's exhausting and it's not fun. And I I think that people feel that, negative vibration coming from us. And then we could be perceived as negative thinkers, which probably isn't maybe who we are. So yeah, I I agree. I think that you have to be you and you have to love what you do. And that's not always possible either. I get it. But um, yeah, I I agree. The personas are are not a healthy way to do that. So can you give a tip, uh, Divya, so that we understand, and that was a great description of when we're on vacation, you kind of let your hair down, you're with family, friends, they know who you are, you don't have to put on those deep personas like you think you do at work, right? So how do we portray who we are at work without without crossing a line or without being unprofessional, you know, whatever people are afraid of if they let the, their true self out at work?
2: Hmm. Great question. So one of the things that we can do is living through mindfulness. And when I talk about mindfulness, mindfulness is not something that you have to meditate throughout the day, that you have to have mindfulness meditation. Yes, you have to do. But simple. I'm going to share my definition that has worked for me and that has worked for my clients. It is a conscious practice of living your life driven by value systems mm. in the present moment with non-judgment. And yes, this is a lot to ask, but think about it. We, when I Let's break it down. Let's take the definition and break it down. When we talk about conscious, we all are aware as we are going through. And if somebody is being uncomfortable with our choice of words, we will know it, and sometimes we don't know it. So it's it's about staying in the moment and bringing that awareness. So if you're not, then give. Rather than thinking, so the one sweet example I can give you is that let's say if I'm talking to you. So sit and listen. Just give them your full attention rather than thinking, okay, they've said this, what's my next thing going to be? Mm -hmm. It's bringing that awareness in it. Conscious, making the choice because no matter what, we do have a choice. So conscious awareness, conscious choice of living a life which is value-based driven. Sit down and find out what are your values? What are the values that are important to you? And... Now, when I talk about values, it's not about, oh, I want to make money, I want to climb up the ladder, I want to have promotion, I want everybody to buy my stuff. No. I'm talking about bringing abundance in life. And when I talk about abundance, abundance is nothing but thinking about how you can give back to others, how you can help them succeed, and how you can help yourself and others to achieve things for the greater good and when you bring that formula when you bring that equation into your life magic starts happening and Connie if I have your permission I'd like to share your story and my story sure absolutely we
1: have like two minutes before break so that would be an awesome that'd be awesome segment segment
2: awesome so here's what I'll share you know I reached out to Connie about, okay, you know, I'd love to be on your radio show. Connie reached back to me and said, sure. And from there, as we connected, because Connie, Connie, I'm speaking for you, but you know, your value is also serving others and empowering others. And my value is. One of my core values is also that. It's about Mm -hmm. empowering others, inspiring, influencing, and impacting. And when two like-minded people come, it was just that you make that connection. And I didn't even ask Connie, but Connie said, you know what? I would love to have you back on my show. And then immediately I told Connie, Connie, I'd love to have you on my show. (laughs) So then... Then you're coming from an intention, when you're coming from a place where you want to help others, when you want to help others succeed, things happen. You don't have to go ask for it. And it's easier than fighting,
1: like you said, to climb the ladder or to make more money. Inevitably, when you give back, and truly, truly, guys, I believe this with all my heart, when you give back your time, um, when you stop to help someone or take someone under your wing at work and you make the effort, to show them the way, even though maybe no one ever took you under their wing, but you think, wow, I really want to pay it forward. Good things start happening because your vibrational energy changes and beautiful opportunities all of a sudden are, are like you can't step over them. They're in your path that you have to seize opportunities uh, because they they become so abundantly obvious to you and it's just because you stop to think about others and give to others and Divi is right. Uh, Divya was introduced to me I said oh that was yet another show this is a great show let's do it again and she says oh I'd love to have you on my show we did the show last Monday it's just we love to share information that hopefully can change people's lives and I think when you come from that frame of reference just wonderful things happen that you can't even fathom or realize will come into your life. I, I know since I started this show, um, the my show two and a half years ago, the people I've met like yourself, I, I have people listening all over the world. I have guests that I've had on from all over the world. Who would think, you know, somebody, Connie Whitman from New Jersey would have such a, a footprint of followers and I'm blessed by it. And it's all because I share my heart, I think on the show. So it's, it's all, it's all so good. If we could just keep it so simple, but I think people keep it just, we make it more complicated than it needs to be. Let's take a really, really quick break. And then when we come back, uh, Divya, I'd like to talk about how we can change those thoughts or those anxious thoughts of who I should be, et cetera, and bring good energy into our lives. And maybe you could give us some tips on how to do that. Okay. Absolutely. All right, cool.
0: A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com.
1: We are back. We are speaking with Divya Parekh and we're just talking about how to, I guess, stay energized in life is, is the you know, down and dirty of what we're discussing today. So Divya, tell us how can we shift thoughts, those anxious thoughts of who I should be at work and all those, those kinds of things and how can we shift them so that we can maintain a really good energy and accomplish what we really do want to accomplish in life?
2: Oh that is something so dear to my heart because what I feel is I am a lifelong learner and I am practicing that craft every single day mm. so one of the first things to do is take that pressure off yourself that I have to be this majestic this master and this perfect person because that's where the whole problem is we are human beings so just as you're compassionate towards your friends and family. So let's go back to that example we had talked about, that when you're on vacation, first is you're yourself. And then secondly, when with your friends and family, yes, you may have difference of opinion, yet you're so close to them. You have that connection and relationship that allows you to be yourself and that allows you to speak your mind in a nice way. And you had asked the question, how can we not overstep the boundary? So that again goes back to the values. Defining the values, what values are important to you. Yes, if truth is important to you, but you can speak the truth with compassion by putting yourself in other person's shoes. And it again builds back it again pulls back to mindfulness. Authenticity and mindfulness and the practice of practicing it without non-judgment. So let's say at work, somebody takes your idea and pitches it as their own. And it has happened to me too. We would be in the hallway talking with my colleague that, okay, you know, we are having issues with this project. What are we going to do? And then as you enter into the meeting, the colleague just pretends that, you know, they never heard it from you and goes around blasting that idea that how beautifully the problem can be solved because he or she has the solution. So in that moment of time, how do you retain the joy and not go away from being, you know, go away from where you are, what you, who you are, and get angry and upset? So when we have these thoughts... The first thing is to do is, why is that person doing it? Most likely the person is doing it is because they're insecure, mm. or most likely they're doing it because they're not even aware of it. Most likely they're doing it because they do not have a value system as good as yours. Or maybe what they're doing is they just want to climb up the ladder and they think it's okay to step on somebody's back and move forward. So there could be several reasons. So in that moment, or even if you're thinking, who I should be, who should I not be, go back again to your value systems. And what does it mean? So for example, being mindful, bringing compassion and non-judgment to the situation does not mean that you become a doormat. So what you're doing is you're at a place And what you can do is, okay, let the meeting pass. There are several people present, and I'll share the story, what I did. As we stepped out, I had worked on that solution for a week. I talked with my colleague, and I said, you know it, and I know it. That was my idea. And he's like, now I added my stuff to it. I said, that's fine. We can work together on it. However, you and I are going to go to our boss, and we are going to share that. And I told him that, you know, I understand that you are really looking for this promotion that's coming up. I'm totally cool with that. I would love to support you. But at the same token... I want us to go there and say that, okay, this was my idea, and you did add to the idea, which was a great thing that you added, and we can work on it together, but I really want a follow-up on this. And, of course, you know, he here he was, stepped out of the meeting with so much praise, with praise, I mean, uh, and with so much acknowledgement from people, and he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Wow. And I told him, yeah. So I told him, you know what? This is my value system. I understand that it's not. Fine, you can take the ownership of the idea, yet I'm going to send an email to all the people on the team saying that that this is a great idea, however, this originated through a discussion, and this is what you added. Without putting any blame to you or saying that, you know, I did not come up and share. And I told him very directly, looked him in the eye and said, I have no ill feelings towards you. I am passing no judgment to you. Yet at the same token, I'm going to stand up for myself and do Mm -hmm. it. And I said it calmly, quietly, without any anger on my face. And you won't believe something happened in that moment. Something connected. And he said, I'm sorry, Divya. And yes, if you are okay, I really need this promotion. I have my son going to college. I really need this money badly. And there came the real crux of the matter. Of course. The gentleman. I, because I knew him, that he was not somebody who would do that. And that's where I talked with him as well. And another thing I need to share. Is, so then I told him, go run with the idea. You need the promotion. I don't need it. I just needed for you to know that what you did was not right. Mm-hmm. I'll support you. Go forward. Go forward. But he did, I gave him the freedom and what ended up happening was in the next meeting he acknowledged me that, you know, the starting foundation of the idea had come from me and he would like to have me participate in the project as one of the leading people along with him as the co-leads and it worked out really well.
1: You You know what the problem is though, I think people are afraid to call people out when they behave badly and when I, and what I mean by calling people out is you did call them out. You did it respectfully. You did it without judgment, but you let them know I'm going to stand up for myself. You know, how dare you take my idea, right? I'm going to stand up for myself. And yes, if you need this promotion, go for it. I'll support you. I, I don't care, but take, make sure that you give credit where credit is due. And that's, that's the example before where you're not being authentic and you're not being mindful. And when you take like that, that I call that the poverty mentality, right? You take because his ideas, maybe he didn't think were good enough. They probably were equally as good. He added to yours. He made it even better, right? So instead of saying, let's work together on this so we can make a dynamite let me go in and let me shine my own light. It's, it's so ignorant and short-sighted, but we're afraid to call people out on it. So I think if you do exactly what Divya did in her, her circumstance, everybody listening, just... Call people out. Do it respectfully, but no, let let, let people know that you're not going to tolerate bad p- behavior, and that you're certainly not going to be anybody's doormat because that's not fair. You know, and if you can't find your voice to stand up for yourself, who's going to stand up for you? So you really do have to um, be present, be mindful, be non-judgmental, all of those things, but also be strong enough. To find your voice, to to allow pe- to let people know that you certainly aren't going to be their doormat. We have three minutes left, Divya. I would like I know you have a really cool tool, um, the three by
2: twenty-four. Did I say that right? Is that the right? Yes, yes. No, yes, I'll definitely share, share that, that with That's you. An awesome yes, tool. yes. I will share about the tool, and I want to share something else also that expect no outcomes then you go ahead and stand up for yourself because there are people who will come back at you with rage and all that. So be prepared. And it's, again, using critical thinking and using decision that, okay, where are you standing up? Is it worth standing up? Is it worth picking up the fight and, as they say, pick your battles? Because sometimes it's, it's a mixed balance of... It's a very fine balance of standing up for yourself and standing up for yourself that it results in fights and more challenges. And sometimes you have to learn to let go of things as well. Yeah. And then sometimes it's a, it's a delicate balance. And mm-hmm. to, to implement this, I'll share a rule of 3 by 24. So then you have... So there are three types of decisions, and I break them into three categories, small, medium, and critical. So when we talk about small decisions, it could be as simple as a boss asks you at 5 p.m., can you stay back and finish up the report? Now, you may have a football game or soccer game or baseball game that you need to attend for your son, and you have promised your son that, yes, I'm going to attend your game tonight at 5.30, and you're reaching directly to his game from work. So when this happens, before saying yes to your boss, now there are two events, like you can say yes to your boss and then be fuming inside, or take five minutes and think about what your answer should be, and when I, when I say five minutes, uh, I apologize. Take a few seconds, that is 24 seconds, what your answer should be. And in that 24 seconds, you go, you look at your schedule. If your morning is open, and think about it, that what question you're going to ask your boss. And the first question you would ask your boss is, let's say your boss's name is John. John, when is the report due? The reason I'm asking this is so give the preface to it. Just don't ask a question. Preface it by saying, I really promised my son to attend his football game. Is it possible for me to finish it off from home or I can come back and finish it off or I can come in early tomorrow morning and finish it off? So if you can share the deadline with me, that will really help me. So take that pause for 24 seconds before you answer the question and formulate the right question to ask if it's impacting or conflicting with your other schedules. So always check your schedule or what may be there. The second type of question is for the medium decisions, where people may be asking you for a very strong commitment that needs – okay. Somebody comes to you, and it could just be a client. I can take an example of an entrepreneur. My whole evening was blocked one day. They come really, like, texting me, calling me, emailing me, because they really had something urgent that needed my immediate attention. So now this is a medium. It's not critical, but they are panicking, So what do you do in that situation? And I've got back-to-back clients. So it took 24 minutes. I allowed myself time to think, and what came up and what showed up for me was I said to my client, why don't you capture your whole situation in an email and send it to me, and let me see if I can juggle around. Let me see if I can just send you an email response back, or, and usually I do not do email Coaching, it's always by phone because you can get a direct perspective on what's going on. So I said, okay, capture it, send it to me. And when I looked at it, the timeline that he was supposed to respond to had two days in between. But because he had panicked, he had not looked at the proposal the date when it needed to be submitted. All I did was I sent him one line email and I highlighted that, you know, your timeline is day after tomorrow. Why don't we meet tomorrow at this, this time? Here's my schedule. Book a call. And rather than like rearranging my whole evening because my client's panicking and then I'm panicking, I took that pause for 24 minutes and then it helped. The third is the critical decisions. When somebody makes you an offer for a job, for example, or a client is negotiating with you about the pricing and they're pushing at you, oh no, you know, I really want to sign up for this program today. I want to do it, but I want this, this, this. Take a 24-hour pause, sleep on it, sit down, write what are the pros and cons, and then answer them. So that's the three by 24. And Connie so that because I sincerely believe in helping people, what I'm doing is I'm giving away a $50 disc assessment for free if people will purchase my book because I believe that book is going to be so much of help to you, and the link to that is, Com forward slash the hyphen entrepreneurs hyphen garden forward slash. And Connie, you, you'd be okay to post it.
1: I will definitely
2: show. post, guys.
1: Yeah, I'll post that link so that you guys can get the book and then get the uh, free DISC assessment. And that's what uh, divy and I were talking about earlier about the DISC, D-I-S-C, um, it was a, invented by William Alston in the early 1900s. It's a behavioral model that is brilliant. It will change your life. So I highly recommend if you could buy the book and get that for free, it's a no-brainer. So I will yeah, absolutely post that link for everybody. Hey, we're out of time, but I do want everybody to know, um, on the Web Talk Radio Architective Change show, I will have the link so that you can find Divya, number one, but also get her book and get that free um, uh, disk assessment, which is beyond valuable. Um, if you have questions or if I can help you or explain anything to you about DISC in more detail, certainly email me directly at Connie at Whitmanassos.com. And again, I read the emails and I respond. I don't have anyone doing that for me. Vivian, thank you again for taking the time being on the show. I really do appreciate your insight. And I love that three by 24 rule. Again, the, the 24 second, 24 minute, and 24 hour, depending if it's a small, medium, or critical uh, situation that you find yourself in. So thank you for that valuable tool. Um, and thank you again for being on the show. Much appreciated.
2: Oh, thank you, Connie, so much. I'm so grateful what you're doing for people. And we need more people like you spreading the word, empowering people. Thank you again for having me on your show and allowing me the opportunity to serve your audience.
1: Truly a pleasure. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that change is possible and easier than we think. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on WebTalkRadio.net. Thanks, everybody. Have an inspired week. Try that 3 by 24 rule. Report back. Thanks. Ch- 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 change.
0: Listening to the Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here.
1: Time may change me, but I can't.